reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah. On this mountain, the Lord of hosts will make for all peoples a feast of rich food, a feast of well-aged wines, of rich food filled with marrow, of well-aged wines strained clear. And he will destroy on this mountain the shroud that is cast over all peoples, the sheet that is spread over all nations, He will swallow up death forever. Then the Lord God will wipe away the tears from all faces, and the disgrace of his people he will take away from all the earth. For the Lord has spoken. It will be said on that day, Lo, this is our God. We have waited for him so that he might save us. This is the Lord for whom we have waited. Let us be glad and rejoice in his salvation. For the hand of the Lord will rest on this mountain. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Oh, 
reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Philippians. Brothers and sisters, I know what it is to have little, and I know what it is to have plenty. In any and all circumstances, I have learned the secret of being well-fed and of going hungry, of having plenty and of being in need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. In any case, it was kind of you to share my distress. My God will, just, will fully satisfy every need of yours, according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. To our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. The word of the Lord. Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, Once more, Jesus spoke to the chief priests and Pharisees in parables. The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who gave a wedding banquet for his son. He sent his slaves to call those who had been invited to the wedding banquet. But they would not come. Again, he sent other slaves, saying, Tell those who have been invited, Look, I have prepared my dinner. My oxen and my fat calves have been slaughtered, and everything is ready. Come to the wedding banquet. But they made light of it and went away, one to his farm, another to his business, while the rest seized his slaves, mistreated them, and killed them. The king was enraged. He sent his troops, destroyed those murderers, and burned their city. Then he said to his slaves, The wedding is ready, but those invited were not worthy. Go therefore into the main streets and invite everyone you find to the wedding banquet. Those slaves went out into the streets and gathered all whom they found, both good and bad, so that the wedding hall was filled with guests. But. When the king came in to see the guests, he noticed a man there who was not wearing a wedding robe. And he said to him, Friend, how did you get in here without a wedding robe? And he was speechless. Then the king said to the attendants, Bind him, hand and foot, and throw him into the outer darkness. 
where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. The Gospel of the Lord. Dear friends, we wish every blessing to you at this Thanksgiving time and that in our gratitude for what God is continuing to do for us in protecting and guiding and leading us, we will be worthy witnesses of him in the world. A few highlights for the coming week. First of all, a reminder that we will be celebrating Mass on Monday, even though it is not typically the case that we do that. On this Thanksgiving Day Monday, we will celebrate a wonderful Mass of Thanksgiving, and it will take place at 9 o'clock, as opposed to our usual morning Mass time of 8 o'clock. Tuesday, the 13th of October, will be the last post-holiday uh, bottle drive for the year, sponsored by the Knights of Columbus, out in the parking lot from 4 until 6 p.m., gathering your empties in order to provide much-needed funds for the excellent work of Special Olympics. This year, 2020, has been by far the most successful year of the bottle drive in our parish, and we are very much looking forward to rounding it out with a great finish. Thank you for your great patronage of this work, which helps the wonderful work of Special Olympics. And again, note that on Saturday, a week from today, at 10.30 a.m., we will be celebrating our annual Mass for the anointing of the sick. And this will take place in a way that will be very careful and safe for everyone who is involved, but those who experience the need to receive the graces of that sacrament are most welcome to come and to experience it. Again, that's Saturday, the 17th of October at 10.30 a.m. These and all other announcements, of course, are, as we have been saying the last two weeks, in our parish bulletin that is now published once again not quite being distributed in hard copy form as yet, but it is on our parish website, prominently found, and one hard copy is on the bulletin board in the entranceway, or on the way to the entranceway. There is one other last-minute thing which I do also have to mention, and that is introduced by a little letter from Bishop Crosby to all of us, brothers and sisters in Christ. 2020 has been a year like no other. COVID-19 continues to have many impacts on our lives, our communities, our country, and the world. One of these impacts has fallen on the various charities that each and every year receive so much generous support from the faithful of the diocese. Sadly, many of these charities have seen their needs increase while at the same time facing far more hurdles in their ability to raise the funds they need to accomplish their work. During the period of shutdown, collections that would have supported these charities often could not take place. For this reason, I have called for a combined special collection in order to help provide for their needs. Envelopes for this collection are available today, and can be returned to the parish next Sunday. All funds raised from this collection will support the following charities 
based on the percentages received during last year's collections. Share Lent, the Pope's Pastoral Works, the Good Friday Holy Land Collection, the Cura Pastorum Association, which takes care of retired priests in the diocese, the Collection for the Needs of the Church in Canada, and October's World Mission Sunday Collection. I know that many of you have continued to support not only your parish, but also these special collections, even through this period of shutdown. For this generosity, which you show time and time again, I sincerely thank you. If you did not have the opportunity to provide for these needs during the year, I would ask you to consider making a contribution through this collection. While the needs are great, your generosity never wavers. I ask once again for your help, and I thank you in advance on behalf of all these charities for your kindness and generosity. May God bless you, keep you and your loved ones safe, and reward you for your ongoing generosity. Sincerely in Christ and Mary Immaculate, Douglas Crosby of the Order of the Oblates of Mary Immaculate, Bishop of Hamilton. So the envelope to which Bishop Crosby is referring, these are going to be made available to be handed out to you very, very carefully by the ushers as you leave the church today. And you will observe on the back of the envelope is the opportunity to put things like your name and your regular Sunday envelope number and all this kind of thing. Checks would be made out, as always, to Holy Rosary Parish, and the envelope would simply be returned next week or in the next two or three weeks, whatever, and just put into that basket, just like everything else is. And again, there is a, a clear recognition that many of you have been supporting those charities all along, even when we really were shut down. So we do appreciate that, but if you are able to give some additional assistance, that would be deeply appreciated as well. You know, it's fascinating that we have talk in our first reading and our gospel today about banquets, when Thanksgiving Day weekend is typically one of the prime experiences in the year for families and gatherings to come together for delightful, wealthy banquets of rich food and fine wines. And we know that that's going to be a little bit probably tempered somewhat for most of us this year. But the banquet has always been used in scripture as a marvelous symbol, not only of the assembly of people to rejoice and to celebrate together here on earth, but it's been used as a marvelous symbol of the heavenly delights. When we are in the glories of eternal life, it will be like being invited to this monumental banquet, the goods of which we cannot even begin to imagine, but which we will enjoy forever. And the first reading in particular is sometimes chosen, not a great deal, but sometimes is chosen by families for funeral masses, probably because it contains within it that line that the Lord is going to destroy death forever and wipe the tears away from all faces. But it also makes reference to how on this mountain the Lord will be providing the great enormous banquet. And it just 
conjures up images of going to the heavenly glories and celebrating at his banquet table forever. Meanwhile, in our gospel today, the king gives a wedding banquet for his son and the getting to be a rather predictable results of these kinds of endeavors as we have yet again another story in which Jesus is addressing himself to the chief priests and the Pharisees and the leaders of the people and suggesting that they have not valued the invitation they have received to the fullness of the kingdom of God, that they have misused it, that they have mistreated the messengers like the prophets who have been sent to announce it. And so the whole banquet is going to be taken away from them and given to everyone else who is actually going to be worthy of the invitation because they will accept it and they will come. From that point of view, it is yet another of these perspectives about how the last shall be first and the ones on the outside will be brought into the center and that the kingdom of heaven is not automatically for those who think it's for them, but rather it is for those who actually accept the invitation and come to the Lord and become part of his kingdom. And that's possible for anyone, no matter who they are, what they've come from, what their past has been, it's never too late. This is getting familiar. We're talking about this same thing over and over from different angles these last several weeks. It occurs to me, though, when you take all of this together, that there is maybe one other angle on it that could be useful, especially for this weekend. I was finding in my reflection that I was seeing in these images and in this parable that Jesus tells a whole invitation to think about thanksgiving, to think about gratitude. And when looked at from that angle, it actually might help to explain the very peculiar ending of the gospel, where even one of those who did get dragged into the wedding banquet hall ends up getting thrown back out again because he's not wearing the wedding gown or robe, which really does produce some head-scratching why that should have ended up happening. But I wonder whether there is something to be said here about thankfulness, about gratitude, so that on this weekend in particular, we can reflect on what it is that the Lord has offered to us and how he calls forth from us a prime response of gratitude for his mercy, his graciousness, his generosity, his invitation. Why is it, after all, that those who were originally invited to the king's wedding banquet for his son turned aside the invitation? Why did they laugh it off? Why did they just go one to his farm and another to his business and others reacted in hostility? Why were they behaving that way with something that would you know, be something people would kill to be able to get to was a great banquet given by a royal personage. The only thing we can really think of is that they evidently didn't appreciate what it was they were being invited to. Otherwise, how could they conceivably have turned it down so cavalierly and with such hostility? They mustn't have appreciated, they mustn't have gotten or realized what it was they were really being offered.
Not recognizing the good that's being offered is first cousin to ingratitude. When we don't recognize the good things that are given to us, when we don't even notice them, when we're too preoccupied with our own negative thoughts about so many things, we aren't grateful. Why would we be? We don't believe there's anything to be thankful for. We're just complaining and negative. We're just focused on ourselves and what we're trying to do. We don't see the good that's being poured forth. I really believe that that is the number one challenge of gratitude, is that it becomes for us not just an automatic response but a whole way of looking at life. That it's a whole attitude. That it's not something we just say because we got something, oh yeah, thank you, but rather that our whole life is a life of gratitude. And when your whole life is like that, then you're always looking for things to be grateful for and thankful for. You don't stand around waiting for them to come to you and complain if they don't. You look out for them. You look out for the things that you can be grateful for. And you recognize in them the mercy and the love that is far beyond what you could ever have imagined. There is so much that is right under our eyes that we don't notice. And as for that fellow who ended up at the wedding banquet as one of the Johnny-come-lately invitees, is it possible that the wedding robe, among other things, can symbolize that change of heart that is necessary for anyone who actually would accept the Lord's invitation? If I come to him, I must be changed. If I say yes to him, I must begin to think and to live a different way. Could the lack of a wedding robe in that bottom part of the parable symbolize the person who accepts the invitation but still doesn't change their life. And that's really another first cousin to ingratitude. A real spirit of gratitude for life makes me a different person. It makes me someone who looks at things differently, who responds to things differently, who seeks things out differently, who wants different things from what I would want if I were a person without a grateful heart. Just uh, yesterday, actually, we had two services, one with each of our grade eight classes out in our backyard. We can't do a lot of things inside the school or even inside the church with our classes right now, but we were outside in our backyard. And the theme was Thanksgiving. And I just offered them a couple of little tips because I said, I really believe that gratitude is something you can actually grow in. You can practice it. It's something you can literally work at doing. We could be mistakenly thinking that there's, oh, there's people who are thankful and there's people who aren't thankful. I think it's possible for anyone to grow in that. And I offered a couple of little suggestions, one of which I have found immensely useful in my own life, and that is to not wait until something good happens and only then say thank you. 
to not just wait till the end of the day and say, ah, yes, this good thing and this good thing happened and I'm very thankful, but then there was this rotten thing that happened and I'm not so thankful for that. Instead, let's go to the beginning of the day and start it out with thanksgiving before anything's even happened. Start it out with thanksgiving. I thank you, Lord, for what lies ahead today. I thank you for what's going to happen, whether it's good or challenging. I thank you because I know that you want the best for me. You care about me, and you're going to help me through it, whatever it is. It sounds kind of funny to do that, because we're so used to thank you being something we only do after we've been given a gift. But what's wrong with saying thank you to our God first? It's a, it's a kind of a pathway. It's a step in the direction of making my whole life an attitude of thanks. And when that's the way I live, that's the way I'm going to serve. The grateful heart is always going to be the heart that wants to do the most to help others. The grateful heart is always going to be the one that wants to reach out. The grateful heart is the generous heart. It's just the way that works. So I invite us on this wonderful Thanksgiving Day weekend in this year, which as the bishop told us today has been different from any other year, a year like none other, that we would recognize that our God has continued to do good things in our midst, that we would express that gratitude for all that has been and for all that shall be, and that we will recognize that the wedding banquet to which we are called in the eternal glories starts right here, right now, right at this very altar of thanksgiving, and by the way that we choose to live as people who are graced and gifted, who are thankful, and who desire to make of our whole life a thank you gift to others. God bless you all on Thanksgiving weekend. We hope that our podcasts have been inspiring. And now, our pastor, Father Martin, offers a few closing words. Thank you for joining us. I offer a special greeting to members of our parish family unable, by sickness or other reason, to worship with us in person, and to anyone visiting our parish via these podcasts. Please share the readings and homilies with others by inviting them to our website, where they can find them all, day by day. To learn more about our parish community, please visit our website at holyrosaryburlington.com and be sure to share our site with family and friends. We do look forward to hearing from you, so please email us with your comments. And thank you for your prayers and support.